Welcome to the Athlon Sports Cover 2 podcast here on AthlonSports.com. Uh, my name is Braden Gall. His name is Steven Lassen. Filling in for Mitch Light admirably as he filled in, uh, as he will be doing here for, for a couple of days. And, and we do appreciate that, Steven. Uh, at Athlon Steven. Follow him there on Twitter. Good to see you, buddy. Backup quarterbacks have done uh, well <laughs> recently. Nick Foles in the Super Bowl, Jalen Hurts, so maybe I can... Uh, Lamar Jackson coming Lamar off the Jackson. bench. There you go. Um, so, again, this is... Again, if you want to say say something to Mitch Light, he's doing fine, he's doing well, but he has been um, you know dealing with some personal stuff, health issues, so send him some well wishes at Athlon Mitch. Um, I'm sure he'd love to hear from you guys. He will be back, though. He's okay and everything's cool. Um, real quickly, and I'm surprising you with this, Stephen. I did not tell you we were going to do this. So we are ranking the jobs today, and I'll explain what that means. This is sort of finishing up our series on ranking every conference's jobs. Um, how good is your program? If there's no, if it's a clean roster and a clean administration, all this stuff. Uh, I did want to ask you one question about a Big Ten topic, since we have not covered it on the podcast at all, because, again, Mitch has been sick. I wanted to ask you just your initial thoughts when Jim Delaney announced he was going to be stepping down, I believe, in 2020. So he's got two more seasons of football to go. Um, I, I think my first thought is this is one of the most critical hires the Big Ten could possibly make because that Jim Delaney is probably the most important man in all of college football history. Do you believe that Jim Delaney is the most important dude, singular guy in all of college football history maybe? I, I think you have to – I think I have to agree with that. I mean, you look at what the Big Ten has become in the last 10 years or so with the Big Ten network, the – better television deal you see the money that's coming into all these programs he's been instrumental in the college football playoff just the overall day-to-day issues of college football it's it's huge from the point that he's passing the torch to someone else and we're going to have a new generation of leadership at a lot of these leagues going forward so college football could look a lot different in the next 10 years depending on who they hire it's also someone that whoever takes the job in theory, they could be there for 20 or 30 years right. if they're a younger hire. So it's a it's an important one, and not to mention Jim Delaney leaves behind a pretty important legacy for college football. Yeah, and it started with the, the first ever major expansion move to bring in Penn State. It started with the first ever major national television contract with ESPN in the early 90s. And as you mentioned, it, it sort of finished with he's the guy, and I love the line, you know, the college football playoff might just be an idea on a cocktail napkin, if not for Jim Delaney, who puts it into play because he has been the power broker and the linchpin and all this stuff. He launches the Big Ten Network. He goes out and gets Nebraska into his league. Financially, it's more lucrative than even the SEC or anywhere else. I think there are some unique challenges facing the Big Ten moving forward from a population and recruiting standpoint, and and technology is going to continue to change. And so there there is a lot of stuff that the Big Ten has to, 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 to face in the next 20 years of college football, how do they go about doing that after arguably the most influential human being steps down? I think it's a critical, critical move for the future of the league and not to be overlooked how important Jim Delaney really was as far as the things that he did. And again, we're probably leaving out like a million things. Um, I think he was the first sort of like shrewd corporate, like ruthlessly intelligent commissioner. Like Mike Slive was a great dude, really smart guy, got a lot done for the SEC, but he sort of felt still like an old boy network guy. Like he's kind of a good old boy. John Swafford for the ACC, you know, right. they, they, they refer, I think they refer to him as Ninja Swaff because he always kind of you know moves quietly and makes moves. <laughs> and, and Jim Delaney was always much more, I think, outspoken. And you, you, know, you see it every article that had to do with the playoff or whatever, the, usually one of the top two names quoted yep. is Jim Delaney. And when I say corporate, I don't mean like, 
like like Wall Street big bank. I mean, like you've got to be shrewd to be CEO of a Fortune 500 company, and and he is that level of intelligent, that level of shrewd. He will execute what he wants to do. And uh, I just thought we haven't had a chance to really address it on the podcast, so I wanted to get your thoughts on it um, before we dive into this uh, ranking of the jobs in the Big Ten. So I wanted to just mention that um, when Mitch comes back, I'm sure I'll have a chance to get his thoughts on it. But I thought that was pretty huge news because Slive, to, you know, Roy Kramer to Slive to Sankey has worked very well for the SEC. Larry Scott in the Pac-12, they're dealing with their own issues right now. John Swafford has been pretty successful, I think, especially with the launch of the ACC network coming. Bob Bowlesby has had his moments, <laughs> up and down, um, but Sankey is sort of cut from the Jim Delaney cloth. He's cut from this shrewd corporate messaging. You know, he's just cut from this this cloth that is modern. And Jim Delaney was modern before modern was what it is today. So he he was way ahead of the curve on everything. Uh, I just wanted to you know have a conversation real quickly about that. Uh, so here's the here's the the gist and the thesis of what we're doing today on the show. Big Ten ranking the jobs. This was written by Mitch, season one, 2010. We, we, we revamped the rankings in 2014. This is the third series of sort of ranking the jobs. Uh, here is the, the gist of our, our thesis, written by Mitch Light in 2010. We have ranked every program in the country based on the attractiveness of the position from a coaching perspective. We consider many factors, tradition, facilities, location, money, but in the end, we simply asked ourselves the following question. Where would we want to coach? And as I've said on all the other podcasts, essentially, if we clean the rosters, we clean the administration, we clean... The sanctions off the table, move all of that off the table and give Nick Saban every single one of these 14 jobs in the Big Ten. Where does he win the fastest? And I don't think you can argue. There's lots of debates in other leagues. I, you know, ACC, you could debate. We did. SEC, you can debate. We did. Actually, in the Big 12, I think there's a better debate than people think for Oklahoma. I don't think there's a debate in the Big Ten. There's one program that is, has, has the best fan support. There's one program that's won the most championships, that's won the most Big Ten titles, that recruits the best players, that is in probably the best state for talent. So you start adding it all up, and it's OHIO all the way. There's no debate. It, 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 Ohio State is the best job in the Big Ten, and, and I think it. you could make a case it's number one, two, three, four nationally. Could be the best job um, in America. Could be the best job yep. in America. As everything you want, fan support. Can hire whoever you want on the coaching staff. Yeah, I mean, facilities, you you. <laughs> You name it. Um, you know, access to talent, state of Ohio, but also Pennsylvania is next door. Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, they tend to. You're closer to the SEC footprint than you think. That's true. You um, can dip down into Kentucky, Kentucky, and you can you can come down south if you're Ohio State, and that's frankly how Urban Meyer did it. I was going to say, I think Ohio State can recruit nationally, and I think they can get into Florida. We've seen them do Texas, Georgia. Um, they have that ability to go nationally. They're they're nationally, like we said, one of the top five programs. No debate about it in my mind. Easiest, one of the easiest calls yep. at number one in their S league. Since 1970, how many teams have won a championship as a Big Ten school? Since 1970. 1970. Outs point. Outside of Ohio State? It's not many, right? 1997, Michigan. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Because Penn State won its national titles as an independent. Nebraska won its national titles as, uh, I believe, Big 12. One of them was the Big 12 in 97, and then... I think maybe one of them was, was old Big 8 in 95, maybe. Um, Michigan State won a bunch of titles in the 60s, and they were a Big Ten member. But since the 70s, and frankly, the modern era, Michigan has one title in 97 as a split championship, and that's it. Otherwise, it is Ohio State all the way, and they've played in the title game like a boatload of times. <laughs> and, and, and even teams that didn't, 98, for example, another year, 
probably one of the best teams that Ohio State's ever had didn't win the championship. So yeah, yeah I mean, it's I Ohio get, State. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, you know, I think the we'll see you in the national rankings the gap between Ohio State, Michigan, and and Penn State. But I mean, I think they're going to be relatively within striking distance. Right. But I think that the the gap between what you can do at Ohio State with the in-state recruiting ability and all that, I think it sets it apart. So here's our first debate of the show. Uh, I have Penn State at two, Michigan three. You have Michigan two, Penn State three. These are both phenomenal jobs. They're both great jobs. I think the fan base is a little louder and a little bit more passionate and a little bit more intense at Penn State. I think the whiteout at Happy Valley is arguably the best game day atmosphere in the entire country. I think the recruiting bases are about the same. I know Pennsylvania has has gone down in in caliber of and, and quantity of recruit. Money's not a problem for either school. Both huge stadiums. Ann Arbor's a wonderful place to, to live. It's a beautiful place. Lots of great breweries. You got same thing with Penn State. Great place to live. I mean, Happy Valley's maybe a little bit more in the middle of nowhere, but it's it, it, they're both great places to live. Very very similar sort of idyllic college towns. Tons of success. I, I just, for some reason, I lean Penn State. I, I I don't really have a specific reason. I just lean Penn State. Maybe it's the fans being a little crazier and Michigan fans being a little quieter. Uh, I was actually surprised that you mentioned the re- the recruiting area because I, I would guess on paper, I would have figured that Penn State, Pennsylvania would be not significantly better, but better than Michigan. I, I think it is. But it's not what it was in the 70s or 80s or 90s. It's it's trending in the wrong direction because of population trends. But I that's part of it. I think the fans are a little bit – and, again, I say better, and that sounds like an insult to Michigan. It's not meant to be. I think the fan support is a little crazier in a good way, like the stadium's louder. And I think – and sometimes that may lead to really awful things happening on campus. But I, I think the fan base is a little bit more passionate, and I think that the recruiting base is a little bit better. And I just I just think – Splitting hairs here, I would. I think Penn State would would win more than than Michigan, but they're both top of the line. Both both top of the line, but also they have good tradition. You know, you've track record of success and and all oh, yeah. that, and you know, national titles, national titles, facilities. I mean, not to. I mean, it, it sounds not to sound like a broken record, but really it is. I mean, these are these two jobs are neck and neck. You know, whether they're ten and eleven nationally there's really not a lot that separates um these two but i would have michigan um but not by much so make the case for michigan then i think i mean i think much of it is is you know i I do i do worry about the in-state recruiting you know i do think penn state has an edge there i just think from you know when i sat down to do this it was not necessarily clear in my mind that michigan was two but i thought michigan was two i just think you know from a um I think I think their name brand recognition might be a little bit that, bigger. That, that's the word I was looking for. Is like just Michigan brand name, um, the the big you know of course the big house. The, I mean I you know I knew when I was growing up in the in the '90s the 11 o'clock game on ESPN was usually right. Michigan. So I I mean maybe I have some bias just because growing up and 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 seeing that. But I mean not not by much. Michigan and Penn State are close. Right. And and Nebraska, who I have it for and you have it for, if we were doing this in 1998 we would all be saying Nebraska is clearly on the same tier. I think there is a significant drop-off from Ohio State, Penn State, and Michigan down to the next group of teams. I think Nebraska is the best program of that bunch, and they are the anti-Miami. So Miami has all the recruits in the world, 
not great fans, not great small campus, not a stadium on campus. You know, all the challenges that Miami deals with from an academics, all this stuff. Nebraska is like the, they're like Notre Dame. It is, it is college football perfection when you are on campus. It is impossible to get great players to go to the campus. But the stadium is amazing. The fans are amazing. The resources are unlimited. The history and success is unmatched and basically unrivaled. There's so much to love. But the modern era of football and recruiting, with technology advancements, every rule that's been put in place has almost hurt Nebraska over the last 20 years, except, except for the new official visits in April thing. Other than that, almost everything that's happened in college football growth and development has hurt Nebraska, and that's why I think they're a tier down from those top three. I agree with that. Um, now, I, I think Nebraska is much closer to 2025 in the national rankings. As Mitch eloquently put it in the article, you know, you have everything you need to win there except the in-state local right. uh, talent base. But you got the facilities, you got the support, you have the um, the willingness to spend to win, and that's what they did in going out and getting Scott Frost and of course. So, I mean, y- y- it's also I think it's in the easier division. I think the right. fact they do not right. ha- they do not have to play Michigan, Penn State, and Ohio State every year is important. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that, and probably throw Michigan State in that list as well. I I think. Um, it's not even just in-state either. It's the six-hour radius, and that puts you into, like, you know, Iowa, Kansas, hotbeds for talent. And, and it's just they just don't have the players, and that's the problem with Nebraska is as recruiting has become a more, you know, technologically advanced skill, it, it takes more and more to get players on their own dime to get to Lincoln, Nebraska. Because once you're there, you're sold. Like, you're in and you're done, and it's awesome. And, frankly, I think, I think Scott Frost is going to – as long as he recruits a slightly better athlete than everyone else in the West – I think Nebraska is going to dominate this division. I think he can make make up for some of those talent differences with some X's and O's coaching. Well, and if he gets the twenty first rated recruiting class and Wisconsin's twenty four, why wouldn't I mean Nebraska's got more of everything than Wisconsin has, and if they have better players and they may have the better coach, I just think I think Nebraska's I think there's a chance Nebraska rattles off like six or seven division titles in a I, row. I think they will be much more nationally relevant under Scott Frost. Yep. But I still think that this job, where it is now, is not necessarily – I think it's, like you said, it's been hurt by some of those changes. Right. It's not maybe as nationally desirable, still very good, just not at the top ten level right. like these other ones are. It, 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 Nebraska is a fascinating case study, though. They really are a unique beast in, in sports to have that level of financial commitment, history, success, tradition – Fan support, how many sellouts in a row? Like like 370 sellouts in a row or something yeah. stupid. It's, just, it's amazing the people that go to those games. And, and I've toured the facilities. The facilities are second to none, technologically advanced. Um, but they just are in the middle of nowhere. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how what Scott Frost does. But again, that's sort of not the... The Scott Frost part of the conversation is sort of the extra addendum here. Uh, Wisconsin and Michigan State at 5-6. and six. I, I, I'd struggle with this. The case for Michigan State is I think it's a better job than Wisconsin. The problem is where it's located, not geographically, but in the division they're in, whereas Wisconsin can be considered in a debate with Nebraska for the best program in its division. Michigan State's not even going to be listed in the top three ever, no matter who's coaching in the East. So I'm really torn on this because I don't think the the recruiting base is better for Michigan State. The history of success is better at Michigan State. The fans are equally good in both places. One plays in the same division as Ohio State, Michigan, and, Mich- and, and Penn State. 
the other one plays in the same division as Purdue, Iowa, and Northwestern. It's interesting you you mentioned that because I actually thought about ranking Iowa ahead of Michigan State. Really? For that reason. Because I mm. think Iowa, you have the fan support. I mean, you know, much like Nebraska, yeah. there is a willingness to win. I don't want to say Nebraska light, Not, but it, it, it sort of is because they don't have – it's a little less of everything, right? Yeah, I, I mean, if you're the head coach at Iowa, you have to be good – at developing talent because you're not going to get top 20 classes right. on a consistent basis. I think I think you could, in theory, at Nebraska. But I think what stood out to me was that divisional difference. Now, who knows, maybe in 20 or 30 years with the new commissioner, maybe they change the division. Right, right. So, and that would change our rankings, that right? That would, like, yeah. I mean, that's that's why I consider Iowa a little higher. It's just, I think, an easier path if, if I'm looking to win a conference So you have, you have Iowa ahead of Michigan State? No, I, I considered it, but okay. I, I went with Michigan State, but... Because Michigan State, for all by all accounts, has kind of everything you want. Like, they do have national titles, albeit in the '60s. They've been to the playoff. You know, they've hired multiple decent coaches. They've won in multiple eras. They, I mean, they have great. They have underrated fans. I would say probably nationally. I agree with that. The, the stadium is pretty solid. I mean, it, you know, it, it's not like the most beautiful place in the world to live, but it's fine. There's nothing wrong with East Lansing. It's great. So. I think it is almost entirely based on their path to the championship that I have Wisconsin, which again, Madison, unbelievable city. The fans show up a little late, but they're great. Uh, it, it's a fun, it's a fun city to live in. Weather's about the same in East Lansing and Wisconsin. The stadiums are about the same. The fans are about the same. I think the support financially is maybe even greater for Michigan State. Frankly, I think Wisconsin's learning that they need to be better about doing some of these things. But it's to me, it's entirely about. The, pa the path. And the other problem with Wisconsin is pre-Barry Alvarez, sort of like Virginia Tech, you don't really know what Wisconsin is because they were so incredibly irrelevant for like 40 or 50 years. But they've also had now staying power after that. So Ten win seasons all the time. I mean, you know, went from Bielema to Gary Anderson to Paul Chris now yep. consistently winning. I think also for Michigan State, just being number two, you're not, you're not only number, in your own state. You're number two in your state behind Michigan, but you're also the fourth best job in in the division. So no, and, and that's I I think I, I went with Wisconsin at five and Michigan State six. But I I strange I think Michigan State's the better job. So I know the point if, of the the point of the discussion is to rank the jobs. But if they were all in the same division, I was gonna say if they're in the West, would they're, they're I think they're clearly ahead of Wisconsin. I think I agree with that. I think if you put them all in the same division, right? If there's no divisions in the Big Ten, and it's one through fourteen, which which a new commissioner might do one day. Um, and I think that would be in the best interest of every league, frankly. I would have Michigan State at five ahead of Wisconsin because then, you, th in theory, all the schedules are about the same. But their schedule is far, far more difficult, and their path to a championship is far more difficult. Iowa at seven, I think we've sort of covered Iowa. Um, this feels like a line of demarcation. I think there's a drop-off after Iowa, and we'll discuss those teams. But Iowa and Wisconsin and Nebraska, really not that much difference between those three. Um, I like the uniforms better for Iowa. <laughs> I don't know. Um, you know, good fans. Iowa City's a fine, a wonderful place to live. Got the cool bookstores and everything in the mall down there. But, like, it's just there hasn't been elite high-level success. Proof of concept hasn't been there. And the recruiting base is really, 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 really hard. That's Yeah, I mean, I think that's what I was going back to with being able to – if you're the head coach at Iowa, you have to develop talent. You know, right. you're not going to reel in the Ohio State, the Michigan – um, recruiting classes and you know that may be a case where every three or four years you contend for the Big Ten championship you know you, you have to build it, up to that was it 02 Orange Bowl and then 08 Orange Bowl and then like 
2015, 12 and 0 into the Big Ten title game. So it's kind of like every seven years you jump up and you you compete for yeah, a title, it, and that's kind of about what you can expect. It's it's not the the re, the reloading process that Ohio State and Penn State right. go through every year, but there is once you get past Iowa in these rankings, I think there is a drop off. I, I I agree, and I think in large part it's about the fans. Iowa Stadium is still packed. It's still loud. It's still committed. There's still a ton of people there. It's a it's a fun place to go watch a game. And after that, I, there's not one of these places that has me going. I want to go watch a game there. And it's not. I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but like Maryland, Purdue, Northwestern, Illinois, Minnesota, Indiana, Rutgers. Where do you want to go watch a football game? I would go with Minnesota. I think new stadium. I think that they've got a nice atmosphere. When you know when. Assuming PJ Fleck continues to take Minnesota okay. forward, now you're not ranking them number eight, but like just going to right. watch a game. Um, I might go Purdue currently. I was going to say Purdue is interesting. It, it can be good. They've got a brewery in West Lafayette. It's just nothing there. Like there's just nothing there. Uh, we both have Maryland at eight, and is this mostly upside? Mostly upside. I think you could also say maybe to some extent they were a sleeping giant before. Um, just access to players, Maryland. Can, can you be like a what's what's shorter than a like a giant? Can you be like a sleeping? I, I don't know, like because they're not a giant. Yeah, I, Clemson I, is a sleeping giant. They've that, woken. It's like they're like a sleeping ogre or something. I don't know. Is an ogre bigger than a giant? I, I, I don't know. A sleeping giant is probably a, a bad term, but I think they they have some untapped potential. Yes, but agree. The problem with that now is. You're in the East, the Big Ten East, right. where you play Ohio right. State, Michigan. You know, so I, I just I think this is a job that for the right coach, you can come in if you can win some recruiting battles with Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, keep them out of that Maryland, Virginia area. You can get some good players. The problem is, what's the upside in a division where right. you're going to be behind Ohio State all the time? And, and they had some good good chunks of time uh, you know Ralph Region you know in the ACC they're one of the only teams that I think they won a national title back in the 50s so they're one of the only programs that has that on their resume they've got Under Armour money backing them which is important to note do you think, uh, do you as think well. moving to the Big Ten helped Maryland they, you know what they might be in the group with Colorado that financially they might be making more money but on the field it's harder now I, I like I think Mike Loxley will be able to recruit like crazy I don't think he's going to win any games but I think he's going to recruit like crazy and the cupboard's not bare at Maryland. Like they have better players than, I mean, now, now Purdue's done. A, Jeff Brom's done like a spectacular job recruiting, but I, I mean, you could argue they have better players than every other team on this list, and they're probably not going to win as many games. To your point about the East, but, and also, you know, they've they've done. A, I think they've tried to make a commitment for facilities. The old basketball right. arena is now a football right. practice facility. So th at least that that Big Ten money and that recruiting base, yeah. I think, can help this job. I think that I think that decision was. Toward the, I think the community sort of split on that on the uh, old basketball stadium. Um, so I have Purdue at nine. Now, really, what makes all these teams similar from here on down? Basic. Now, how about this? Let's start at the bottom. Rutgers at fourteen, Indiana at thirteen. We both agree that they're sort of on a tier on the bottom. You know, yes, there's Antoine Randall L. Yes, there is Judge Ito. Other than those two era, eras for those two programs, has there been much to write home about with either one of those two? football programs I mean I, I'll say this about Rutgers much like about Maryland it, the right coach if you can recruit New Jersey and mm. some of that you can keep some talent at home their stadium is way too big I was gonna say facilities are an 56, issue 56,000 seats money's an issue break. and also Ohio State Penn State we keep yeah, talking yeah. about it it's very difficult same so, th same thing for the Indiana just a little bit more Big Tenny 
right? Like it's less Big Easty and it's more Pro- Big ba- Basketball. I mean, I think basketball is feels some of the. I'm just saying, why would they be better than Rutgers? And it's, I, I think, I, I think it's because it it's more Midwest. It feels more. I don't know, and, and and you're right. They care so much about basketball that maybe some of that bleeds into the football and helps a little bit. I don't know. Defend the rock. I don't know. I think also Rutgers, at least in my lifetime, they were awful before yes. Greg Schiano, yes. and they've had very limited success yeah. since then. I think Indiana. I mean, it is in the East. It's a tough. It's a tough job. I think you can recruit easier to Rutgers. I think Agree. Indiana may be the right coach, sort of like a Kevin Wilson. They need Indiana right. can find its version of Jeff Brom. You could win six games occasionally. Right. But All right. Um, seven or nine, 10, 11, and 12. So these four schools, Purdue, Northwestern, Illinois, Minnesota, basically all the same. Um, some of them have some differences. Each one has had a pocket of success in the past. You have Joe Tiller at Purdue. You have Pat, Pat Fitzgerald at Northwestern. You had a couple of different. I mean, Illinois probably has the best history. Minnesota probably has as you know, sort of similar history where they were really, really good back when Red Grange was playing football. Um, so Minnesota has some national championships, right? Forgetting the Juice Williams, Aurelius <laughs> right. Ben. No, I'm not. I'm not forgetting Ron Zook. I'm glossing over it. Um, I would go back to Kirk Kittner actually. Throw them. That's in a good there. one. But Illinois does have some. Like, listen, they went to a Rose Bowl. What? No seven, oh eight, or whatever it was, and then they went to the Rose. They went to the Sugar Bowl in like 2001 or whatever. So you know, Minnesota's had. A good run with Glenn Mason, and then they were really good back in the past. Northwestern is really tough place to win, but they have, I think, what Northwestern has done. I think Northwestern has done more for its own future success than these other programs, because they they opened the Fitzcarlton there on Lake Michigan, three hundred million dollar facility where everyone's just going to hang out there, and I think that's going to sell to recruits. So I think. That's what Purdue doesn't have. That's what Illinois doesn't have. That's what Minnesota doesn't have. Even though Minnesota's got the new stadium. I have Purdue at nine and Northwestern at ten. I think Northwestern has done more to change its permanent lot in life in the last five or ten years because Pat Fitzgerald was going to go to Michigan, and he said to his boosters, "Give me what I want, or I'm going to Michigan." Basically, I'm paraphrasing here. He got what he wanted, and he's got this giant palace now on Lake Michigan. Is that is that what we're calling it? The Fitz the Fitzcarlton. Yeah. Okay, that's excellent. I stole um, that from Teddy Greenstein, so I've got to cite my sources. Okay, here. so I didn't know that. that that's yeah. excellent. Um, I think I had Illinois and Minnesota higher only because I think big state universities, um, you know, I know there are some challenges. Illinois to me is one program. There is, there's good talent in the state of Illinois, the surrounding area. You should be able to, at least in theory, be able to bring some of that in. And you look at also, you know, the fan support has been an issue at least recently. Um, You know, I I guess the question is why haven't they won consistently? more i think for minnesota there are some challenges in you know recruiting you're going to have There's, to get there is some talent though like there is i mean there, some of those high schools in that major metropolitan area larry fitzgerald came out of that area so was it michael floyd too? michael floyd came out of that area i mean joe mauer i think came out of that area so it, it, it is there are some high level talent it's it's also fascinating that that Northwestern and Minnesota both fall in the same geographic style of campus right very urban very big, huge, massive metropolitan areas where they're kind of an afterthought, especially to the Vikings and especially to like the Bears and the Bulls and everything in Chicago. And Illinois is sort of, I mean, I've been to a game at Champaign-Urbana. It's not exactly a booming metropolis. It's right down from Effingham. Um, and and the same thing with Purdue. West Lafayette's middle of nowhere sort of too. So like you have these two, that's where sort of beauty is in the eye of the beholder. If you're a coach, you're going, well, do I want to live in Chicago or do I want to live in 
champagne. They're very, very different sort of like personalities. And each one of them has their own unique challenges. I, so my personal order was Purdue 9, Northwestern 10, Illinois 11, Minnesota 12. You know, recruiting base to me is all about the same. I, Purdue has had some some high-level success, but mostly just under one coach. Now we're seeing it again with Jeff Brom. I, I'm okay with your argument for Illinois and Minnesota, so I get it. Um, I probably have Northwestern too high, to be honest, but I think they've done more to, to, to permanently change their lot. I, I think for Northwestern, my question is is more of, Pat Fitzgerald is the perfect coach for Northwestern. Right. When he retires, are they going to be able to find right. that next guy? Because well, I mean, I should say they hired Gary Barnett. That's Ra- true. Randy Walker. That's true. And now Pat Fitzgerald. So they and had, some tough situations there too. Yeah. And so I think for the right coach, knowing what you're getting into with academics, knowing that you you're not going to be able to recruit the the you know like Michigan and Ohio State and all that. Right. Yeah, there's some challenges, but at the same time. A pretty good quality of life and yes. and also you don't have to necessarily win the big 10 championship no. every year so very little pressure very little pressure yeah. and you have that uh, the fitz carlton as you yep. say so and that's what sets up the next coach right so when let's say pastor Fitzgerald retires tomorrow the guy who takes over is in a far better situation to succeed because you've built this giant beautiful palace for these student athletes to live and operate and and, and, and work in here's the question what about fans in these four which which group has the best fans? I think Purdue might have the best fans. Of this I think group. I agree with that. So yeah. that, maybe that's why I'm leaning towards Purdue, I, and maybe I, I'm recency bias here with Purdue Northwestern. I think I, I think Minnesota though. I think you know, good the, the fact they have a new stadium. I think helps. I think from yeah. I will say from an online perspective when we post things about the Big Ten, Minnesota and I believe Purdue are the two that we get the most feedback on. That is an interesting from, angle from these jobs. So that's an interesting angle. That I, I, we have not really used that in, in evaluating because like a lot of times you see like these rankings in the NFL, like best fan base in the NFL, and it's based on like online engagements. And we have not really talked about that. We sort of base it on, you know, how many dollars are you pouring into your program and are you willing to go watch your team play even when they're bad sort of, right? Like, and, and all these are, I've been to Illinois games when they lost 49 to like 13 and it's just blah, there's just nothing there. And so I, but, it, but they also have, Dick Buckus and you know some Juice Williams as you mentioned and we mentioned Kirk Kittner and like all these little different pockets of success and Purdue's got Drew Brees and Northwestern's got a Rose Bowl bid and Minnesota's sort of the one that doesn't have any of it and, and that's why I kind of had Minnesota at 12 is they, the stadium doesn't seem like it's super packed PJ Fleck is sort of having to fabricate tra- tradition and, and prestige out of like thin air um, or the creek. I don't know. Um, I, I just I think in Minnesota, I like the fact that you have a, a new stadium, relatively yeah, new. The new, you know, in, in theory, improved facilities. I know it is hard to get kids yeah. to go from Florida to to Minnesota it all is. the time, but it still, is. I think I think much of these hires, at least in this range, to me, it almost seems like, you know, administratively, if you can hire the right coach, they might be nine on this list, and if you you know, fail. They're right, probably right. like 12. Right. And, and that, and again, that, that could be seeping into my brain subconsciously without knowing it, that I see Jeff Brom and Pat Fitzgerald. And I think very highly of them. And I'm, I'm sort of looking at, you know, Lovey Smith and PJ Fleck and going, eh, eh. and, and cause they're all kind of the same. All four of these jobs are kind of the same. So, um, I, this, this league is fascinating to me because I think the Michigan state Wisconsin arguments fascinating. I, I, I didn't really think much I had always sort of believed that it was just Ohio State, Michigan, but Penn State really might—it really is on par with Michigan and Ohio State from 
from every different one of these, per, like all the different criteria that we're using. I mean, Penn State's right there with 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 the top two. It's like like we were talking about is I I really when I when I did this I just naturally defaulted to Ohio right. State and Michigan. But right. as we talk about it, I mean, you do see that Penn State and Michigan. I mean, there's mm-hmm. I don't think a ton of difference there. Uh, the quietest hundred thousand seat stadium in the country, Ann Arbor, Michigan, folks. <laughs> that's what the people say, not me. Don't at me. But that's what the people say. Uh, so uh, interesting stuff there. Any big takeaways for you? Just I, I, I'm still curious if Nebraska has national championship DNA. I don't know if it does or not. I would argue they do. Yeah, because they don't have any access to players though. Because if, in theory, you could run through the West Division undefeated. Maybe you don't play because of the path, and then you can win yeah. one game against Ohio State in the Big Ten championship game, and you're in the playoff. And once you're in, but can you win two games? Michigan State had no chance. Iowa, when they were 12-0, and had no chance of winning two games. I think give Scott Frost three or four years to recruit, and also maybe Nick Saban isn't in Alabama in, in that, seven years, and maybe there's not that obstacle. I, to I, listen, I think Nebraska's about to go on a tear. I, I, I think agree. I think they're about to go on a serious tear. Because, again, as long as Nebraska recruits the best recruiting class in the Big Ten West every year, they will have the most of everything. They'll have the best fans, the most money, the best facilities – the best everything, and if the coaches are all even and the players are a little bit better at Nebraska, they should be the favorite to win the division almost every single year from here on out. And I think right now, listen, I know Kurt Ferentz is great, Pat Fitzgerald's great, Jeff Brom's great. I, I think just as highly as Scott Frost as I do those other guys. So if he's as good as a coach and they have better players, well, they have better everything else. So I think Nebraska is is poised to win that division you know, five out of eight times. I agree. Or something like that. So it should be really fun to watch. Uh, in that division. Fascinating lead to Big Ten and of course Jim Delaney stepping down. I appreciate your thoughts on that. Steven, follow him on Twitter at AthlonSteven. You can get to him there. You can follow me at Braden Gall. Again, send Mitch Light uh, your well wishes if you'd like there at Athlon Mitch. So if you want to make fun of him, that's fine too. Um, you know, Tweeting little... old Mac coaches. Oh, okay. This is a wonderful Easter egg here at the end of the pod. Tweet Mitch Light at Athlon Mitch old names of Mac coaches. Pick a generation. Don't care when. Just don't say anything else. Don't say why you're doing it. Don't say there's a reason somebody told you to. Just send the name. Just tweet him. You know, just, just. <laughs> now I'm like trying to come up with Jerry. JD Brookhart. I would say Jerry Kill, but like he's he's making news <laughs> in the Big Ten right now. Um, just, yeah, just just Rod Carey. <laughs> just treat, tweet names to Mitch Light. Random Mac coaches, old ones. That is a great job by you, Stephen Lesson. I love it. Uh, follow him on Twitter at AthlonSteven. Follow me at Braden Gold. Thanks for listening to the Big Ten Power Rankings here, program rankings, excuse me, on the Athlon Sports Cover 2 podcast. Mm-hmm.